If you've been a part of the church for many years, you will have heard a very recurring theme throughout the Gospels, that is, the, the biographies of Jesus in the Bible. There's four of them, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And one of the things that keeps happening throughout all of those Gospels is we see again and again Jesus getting in conflict with religious authorities over the Sabbath. You um, may have heard of the, the time Jesus heals a man who has a withered hand, and so Jesus heals him, and it's the Sabbath, and the religious leaders all lose it. We hear about in John chapter 9 a very long story of how a man who is blind, Jesus heals. And he's uh, kicked out of the synagogue because he refuses to denounce Jesus. All the religious leaders say Jesus is not doing God's will. He cannot be from God because he's healing on the Sabbath. And then we hear here today, we hear the story of a, a woman who's been bent over. She has a back problem, and so she's bent over and can barely get around. For 18 years, Jesus calls her over and heals her. And the Sabbath, uh, the synagogue leader flips out and, and complains about Jesus doing it. We see this again just a couple chapters later in Luke's gospel where man with dropsy, which is a type of swelling that makes it hard to get around. Jesus heals him on the Sabbath, and again, everybody loses it. This is such a common theme that if you've heard it many times before, you may sort of think, okay, I know what this is about. Jesus uh, denounces extra legalism. If you've never heard it before, you may think to yourself, this is weird. What's the big deal and what's going on? But I actually think if we dismiss it and simply say it's a story about lightening up or it's just a story about people being weird and, and has no significance to our lives, we'll have actually missed something really important. Jesus' confrontations with people on the Sabbath is something that I think for us as modern people is really important to hold on to. I'd like to speak to you today about why the Sabbath is important, because it's something we haven't often thought about in the modern world. And secondly, to ask, well, what is it that Jesus specifically complains about when people are trying to honor the Sabbath? Why do we have the Sabbath? And then what is it that is uh, dangerous about following the Sabbath? And why those things are important to us? Let's start by asking, what is the Sabbath? Why is it something that's really important? Sometimes preachers, myself included, get into the habit of throwing out church terms, uh, and sometimes we say the word Sabbath without actually defining what that is. If you've not heard that word Sabbath before, Sabbath is still a word that's used by Jewish people today, and what it refers to is a 24-hour period in which you are forbidden to work. So if you are a, an observant Jew today, it's something that on Saturdays, you'll be very strict about is generally speaking, you can't go to work, you can't do things that are you know, paid labor, and there's lots of things that you refuse to do because it looks like work and labor. So very orthodox communities, for example, will do all of their cooking and preparation the day before so that there's a very minimal amount of work that needs to be done on the Saturday. And there's still some Christian uh, groups that do the same. You may remember that, that movie several years ago, Chariots of Fire, about a man named Eric Little. And he was famous as an athlete. He was great as a track athlete. And he was going to the Olympics, but he couldn't compete because the Olympic event he was supposed to run in happened on a Sunday. And as a Christian, he felt he could not do it because that was work. So that's still something that happens amongst some Christian communities. But today, of course, most Christians, Sabbath just doesn't seem like something all that relevant to our lives. So why is it that it keeps coming up in the Gospels all the time? And why is it that it's something important for us? The way to start understanding what the Sabbath is about and why it's important is to start right from the source about where Sabbath begins. Sabbath observance and taking a day of the week to rest comes from the Ten Commandments. It's actually the fourth of the Ten Commandments. And if you know the history, you'll know that Israel, God's chosen people, are slaves in Egypt. 
They're brought down in slaves in Egypt for 400 years, and in the book of Exodus, the second book of the Bible, tells the story of how God rescues those slaves. He takes them out, and he walks through the Red Sea by a great miracle, and he leads them eventually to Israel, where they settle in Palestine. But along the way, they stop at Mount Sinai, at a mountain, and then God gives the Ten Commandments to Moses. And this is what he says in the Fourth Commandment. This is in Exodus chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. And therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. You hear what's happening here in the Sabbath. What's the commandment? This is not just a commandment that says, here you Jewish people do something that only Jewish people need to do. For example, God says Jewish people shouldn't eat pork. Jewish people and a Jewish deli don't serve ham sandwiches. And even to this day, as much as I love bacon and tomato sandwiches, if I had a Jewish friend over for lunch, I would not offer him one, right? But I would still eat one. Yet interestingly enough, here in the Sabbath observance, what does God say? He doesn't just say, this is something that Jewish people should do. And he doesn't just say, well, this is something you should do if you have the opportunity and, and maybe got the extra will and want to score brownie points with God. He, in fact, says, you shall not do any work. Your slaves should not do any work. Foreigners, that's Gentiles, non-Jewish people shouldn't do any work. And in fact, so much so, even your livestock, your donkey needs a day off on the Sabbath. And why are all these things necessary? Because God created the earth in six days and on the seventh day he rested. This commandment about the Sabbath and about keeping a day in which you do not work is something that's not just an extra, but God says is woven into the fabric of creation. And it's woven into the fabric of creation because God's creation, which displays his handiwork, should also display his character. And God's character is that on the seventh day, after working, he stops and he says and observes all he has done and says it is good. God looks at his handiwork and he rests and he takes delight in the beauty of what he just made. When God says to us that we are made in God's image and we are to take a rest, God is saying that to be fully human, to fully flourish as a human being means more than just taking a rest now and then if we've got the time. He says, take time to rest, to restore yourself, and to take delight in what is good in the world. When we look at that commandment, I have to say the real challenge for us today, which is not a religious society the way it used to be, not as religious as Jesus' society, and I'll talk about some of the dangers that Sabbath observant can be in a minute, I would say that our danger is, is that we've become too used to this idea. We recognize that the human beings have a right to a day off, and in fact, legislation requires it. Today, if you're an employer and you want to say to your employee, I expect you to work seven days a week, there are laws that say, no, you can't do that. If you are asking your employee to work overtime, you have to pay them overtime. If you are telling your employee that they have to do things for labor seven days a week, you will be in violation of the law. And we recognize this. And in fact, not only do we get a day off, we get two days off typically, is that we expect to have the weekend off. Not everybody can do the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, but uh, when shift work and things, we get compensatory days where we take rest. 
I mean, I can't sort of say, well, I, I'm not going to work on Sundays. That kind of doesn't work. <laughs> but I do get a day off, and it's part of what it means to be a person who lives in modern Canada. But the danger is, is that we've recognized this to be a right, but I think what we've forgotten is that it is also a responsibility for us to actually take it. And one of the great dangers we have in our modern society in which we have come to expect this is a right is that we have flooded the day off with other things of our own invention that actually don't let us rest. One of the most obvious ones is the thing all of us are probably carrying in our pocket or our purse right now. It is a smartphone. And I will say, before I do this and before you say, aha, Father Stephen, I am a huge hypocrite, at least on this. I will tell you how important it is to avoid work, and yet what I will also do is if somebody emails me on my day off, I will respond to them, even though it's not necessary. Now, I know very well that there are times where an emergency may happen. Somebody's rushed to the hospital, Father Stephen, will you come and visit? But I know what you're going to do. You're going to phone me, aren't you? You're not going to email me, and, and maybe three hours later I'll notice. If it's an emergency, you'll call. Same thing with a funeral home. An emergency, a death has happened, something like that, they call me. And yet, what do I do? Uh, studies and statistics tell us that when you carry a smartphone around with you, people check it all the time and obsessively. And if you're a person, particularly in a managerial role in which you're expected to make decisions, it is so hugely tempting to carry this thing around and answer your work emails on your day off, on your time off, even to the exclusion of important relationships you have. How many of us struggle that when we're sitting down to have supper, maybe with our kids, maybe with a friend, maybe with our parents, and we put the phone onto the table, what do we do? We check it. Somebody must think we're important enough to email, right? And so you're going to look at that and reassure yourself, I'm super important. Or think about beyond that. Think about uh, in our leisure life, which is supposed to be our leisure time. I was just uh, speaking. I'm going to plug my podcast yet again. But I was speaking to a woman, Lenore Skenazi, and it'll, it'll come out in September. I interviewed her because she wrote a book called Free Range uh, Parenting. And what she was saying is, is that it's interesting that even though nowadays people have more, uh, more um, uh, work, so that there are more uh, working moms, there's more daycare going on, there are fewer stay-at-home moms, it's actually true that women today who are mothers spend more time parenting than women in, their, in the 70s did. Back in the 1970s, when I was born, more stay-at-home moms and, uh, of course, more uh, children, larger families. And yet women in the 1970s did not spend as much time doing parenting tasks as women today do. Do you know why? Because a woman who's working full time comes home and then picks up the kids and then takes one to piano and then takes another one to soccer practice and then arranges a play date and then arranges a big birthday party and arranges this and this and this. So many expectations on mothers today that they are actually parenting on average eight more hours a week than the average woman did in the 1970s as a mother. What's happening there? I turned out relatively okay, although my mother... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a bit iffy as, a, as an observation. But my mother in the summers wouldn't say, oh, can I arrange this play date or that? She said, you've got a bike, get out, come back when it's supper time. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm sure my mother wasn't sitting around drinking martinis. She had things to do. But at the same time, it wasn't constantly having to do it. And yet the expectation is there. And one of the things she noted, too, in that interview I was talking with her, she said, when, when something happens... As much as we're, we're now supposed to sort of say, you know, we, we honor women and we're more inclusive of women's needs, what happens when something goes wrong with a child? Everybody blames the mom, right? 
Do you remember that time where that kid fell into the gorilla pit? That's a few years ago, and the gorilla had to be shot. But it's like, oh, you can't go a day without finding a kid fall into a gorilla pit? That's an extraordinarily rare event, and yet everybody piles onto her like, what an negligent mother having all of us? No matter how much we look after a kid, sometimes mistakes happen, that's life. And yet we feel, no, we have to always watch our kids. And our society reinforces that, and what do we do? We end up so that parenting is not full of joy, it's not full of lightness, because we never have a break. There's an example, I think, where we're constantly working. What happens when we take the Sabbath so lightly is that we end up with this idea that everything rests on us. My work will collapse if I don't answer that email. My children will turn out into serial killers if I don't watch over them every moment or they'll be snatched by some pervert. If I do not do everything myself, all is lost. It is a radical act of faith for us to say, you know what? I'm going to take Sabbath seriously and actually rest. And that is a difficult thing for us to do because it says, I am not as important as I think. God is in control. The world will still turn. The sun will still come up. My children can turn out okay if I'm not constantly in their lives every day. And that is a huge challenge for us. Less of a challenge in Jesus' time, and I'm just going to speak about it in a moment, who, who are very obsessed with following God's law, but understand that when God speaks about the importance of the Sabbath, he's saying it is not just an add-on, it is deeply important for us to flourish as human beings, to take time to say, God, I trust you are in control, and I do not have to survive by the sweat of my brow 24-7. That's why Sabbath is so deeply important. But there's a second thing that I want to talk about which will help understand what Jesus' beef is with the religious leaders. And that's because a little bit later, we hear, of course, in Exodus 20, God gives the law. And just a little bit of Bible background, if you go a few chapters later, the book of Deuteronomy is, is a book that can be a bit of hard reading. But Deuteronomy is basically said as Moses is sort of giving a recap on what's been happening under his leadership. Moses knows his death is near. He wants to remind Israel of all the things God has told them. And he gives them sort of, here's the condensed version of all the laws is given. And so he condenses again the Ten Commandments. But it's interesting that when he summarizes the Sabbath law, he doesn't just say uh, the same thing exactly. He talks about the importance of oxes and donkeys and resident aliens. But he says this at the end of it. He says, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Moses says, do not forget that there was a time not so long ago where you as a slave never got a day off, where you are not a human being to be respected, uh, you're not seen as a human being to be respected, made in the image of God, you were seen as a thing, a machine, no different than a hammer or a saw, and you were treated that way. Do not make the mistake of treating others that way. And that is why it is deeply important, he says, that even your servants get the day off that your ox and your donkey get the day off. You are not only on the Sabbath to enjoy your rest, you are on the Sabbath to give other people rest. And you have a deep responsibility to do that. That is something important for us to remember if we're a person who's in the position of an employer. I talked about the importance of not reading your emails and things, but as an employer, are you tacitly, implicitly expecting that your employees will? That at your beck and call, every time you have a thought, you expect them to return uh, your email or your text on a, on a Sunday when they're supposed to have the day off? 
It's important as employers to think about the welfare and the well-being of our employees. It's also important to think about the people around us and the way we give rest. Now, that's where it comes into Jesus' critique. Because look at what happens here when Jesus is speaking and reacting to the complaints people are giving him about his attitude and about his actions on the Sabbath. This is what Jesus says. Jesus was teaching, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over, was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. And when he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. Then, of course, the synagogue leader complains. And then Jesus answers this way. He says, Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? Do you notice the, the imagery Jesus keeps using? What do we hear? When he says to the woman, he says, you are set free. Then later he talks about people who untie their ox or their donkey. And then he says, a daughter of Abraham whom Satan bound for 18 years, be set free from this bondage. Jesus keeps using the imagery of a person tied up, chained up, a person who is so restricted they can't move, they can't be free. What did I just do? I freed this person. Do you not understand that in the Sabbath, God is so concerned about an animal that you have to free an animal, that that ox and that donkey that works for you six days a week should not have to work for you on the Sabbath, and you are willing to untie, unrestrain, give freedom to this animal on the seventh day, why should I not be able to do that for this woman? It's not Jesus saying Sabbath doesn't matter, rest doesn't matter. Jesus is saying rest matters for everyone. And that means don't use the Sabbath as an excuse to win rest for yourself and to bind others, but instead use Sabbath as an opportunity to bring peace, to bring freedom, and to unbind the people around you. And so that, I think, really has a huge impact on us because when we're thinking about taking rest, it is easy for us to sort of say, it's my day off, meh. When in fact, God is simply saying, yes, it's important for you to rest, but is your action, the way that you're treating others, bring them rest as well? Now, I mentioned about how important it is as an employer to think about the well-being of your, your people that work under you. Yes, profit's important. Yes, productivity. But are you also thinking, I have an important responsibility for the flourishing of my people. Do I give them sufficient break time? Do I burden them with tasks that I'm expecting them to do on their days off? Or am I really honestly saying, I want you to take these things and to do it because it's important to me that you can flourish and I don't want to bind you. Not all of us are in that position, but I do think, for example, about the way that we we treat, for example, our, our days off with our kids. Nowadays, of course, our kids are pretty regimented throughout the year. In the summer, less so. But kids Monday to Friday are at school. Oftentimes, they're in daycare before and after. They've got regulated lives. And I know very well things like chores need to be done around the house, but it is super tempting on Sundays to say, kids do this, kids do this, kids do this. As a parent, it is very difficult for me sometimes to sort of say, you deserve a Sabbath, my children, as well. Think even about our animals. How wonderful it would be if we were to recognize the pets that are so important in our lives, and, and we often do the perfunctory walk around so the doggy can pee. Have you ever thought about how important it is that God might actually say that we are to find ways of giving rest to our pets as well? You know what you should be thinking about on Sundays is? Maybe it's the day to take my doggy to the dog park. 
Maybe it's a time for letting those uh, animals that are so important to me in my life actually have some freedom. And what I'm also thinking about even beyond that is to think about the role of hospitality. Think about the, the rule of loving your neighbor. Think about, for example, the person next to you who, because of arthritis and difficult things, who lives next door to you, has a hard time making meals for herself. But a wonderful way of unbinding her of that challenge is if you were to say from time to time to the people who are important to you, look, why don't you take a little bit of a break and come over to my house? We're going to have chili. We're going to do whatever it is that we're going to do. And we're going to include you because I want to bring you refreshment. What I think the Sabbath is really important to understand about and what Jesus shows us consistently in his attitude about the Sabbath is this. Ask what God is trying to achieve by giving us the Sabbath. He's wanting to help us flourish by taking responsibility for our own well-being and taking time off. But he is also wanting us to take up the challenge of, bringing, of being a person like Jesus was who brings refreshment and joy and freedom to the person around so what is it we do as a response to this gospel? I'll suggest that it's really important to look in the mirror, to ask ourselves, are we really honoring what God tells us to honor? And really taking the time to think about our days off so that they can be refreshing. At the end of our day off, are we more stressed than we began? Well, then probably you're not taking it seriously enough. Think about your shopping habits, your entertainment habits, the way that you act on your day off and ask yourself if it's really bringing the refreshment and flourishing in need. But also think to yourself at the end of that day off, have I done anything that has allowed a person to be more free? Have I done anything that has unbound my children or the neighbors around me? Have I been not only a person who is free, but also an agent of freedom to those around me? The Sabbath is a great gift that God gives us, and it is not always easy to keep, but it is something that's essential for us to grow and fully be human. Don't take it lightly, but take it as importantly as Jesus does. Because freedom is something we need, and freedom, in the end, is something that will bring us joy in a way that nothing else can.